Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm a senior analyst and lead advisor with Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today for this special episode is one of the founders and the principal analysts of Kupinger Coal Analysts. Hi, Martin Kupinger. Hi, Matthias. Pleasure to talk to you. Great to have you. And there's something special about this episode because it's episode 100. So we've finally made it. We are three digits now and counting. So um, this is really a kind of anniversary and good to have you for this special episode as my guest today. We want to talk to, uh, we want to talk about um, a, a phenomenon that we see right now uh, gaining a lot of um, um, popularity and also a lot of um, um, interest in the in our customers, in the vendors, and in our daily work. We want to talk about a phenomenon that's called everything as code, infrastructure as code, uh, software-defined networking, etc. So the coding aspect as the foundation for dynamic infrastructures. To start with that, what is your um, basic notion of this everything as code aspect. Is this something that can apply to everything that we have as critical infrastructure, as our daily business infrastructure as well? I'm, I'm to be to be honest, I'm reluctant. Um, the challenge is code and coding always is error prone. So coding is challenging and usually the security experts, the infrastructure experts, are not the coding specialists, while the coders usually are not the security or the infrastructure specialists. So there, there's there's some gap between what you need them to do and what you where your domain knowledge, where your domain expertise commonly is in. And um, that is something we need to be, I think, very cautious, very careful about when we think about everything as code. Code is also, as we know, relatively complex to maintain. Um, and we also see that, that the large repositories um, tend to be under attack. So it is also clearly something where, okay, attackers can come in everywhere, but clearly this is also an area where attackers can come in and um, identifying that something has changed in code, okay, can be done technically, but analyzing code that has been written for correctness, et cetera, is also not super easy. So I think we, we need to be a little bit careful and I'm honestly not, I don't have the opinion that everything as code is really the future. Um, we also need to be distinguished carefully between everything as code and things like SD-WAN. SD-WAN can be just configured without code, without coding. So um, the point where I'm really, um, Skeptical is the coding aspect. Right. So the, the, the problem or the challenge of creating error-free code is a topic that we have been discussing as analysts, as consultants for many years. If you think back for, say, 15, 20 years, there was this buzzword called, uh, called case tools or computer-aided software engineering. And that also came with the idea that code is not actually written, but generated at least in, in, at, at large scale. Um, is this something where we should end up here again? Because the, the genie is out of the bottle. We, we will have dynamic infrastructures. We will have this code, this 
configuration as the basis of this infrastructure. The question is, how do we get to that configuration slash code? How do we scale it up? How do we make sure that this is something that um, is as secure as it would be if it was still, um, yeah, bare metal uh, um, machines? Um, what is your opinion on that? How do we get to this proper configuration? What what are means to 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 achieve this? Yeah, so I, I think the and you brought it up. I think with this comparison to case, which is really quite a while ago. Um, so, so first, I, I think there has been it has been sometimes in the nineteen sixties. A professor, I believe it was for the Netherlands. I don't have his name in my mind or on hand anymore. But he came up with a with a sort of a proof that software starting with a certain length can't be free of errors anymore. So there's a certain point where software has errors. And I think we see day by day, just look at the number of patches, uh, the number of updates, et cetera, where things are fixed uh, because something went wrong. So I think there's there, there's a in, in inherent challenge in, in creating code manually. Um, on the other hand, when we um, look at what is happening across IT, then, then one of the hype themes these days is no code, low code. So it is saying, how can we abstract the complexity of coding something into a configuration scheme, which is then the really more a click together approach um, for doing things. And so no code, low code could be one path to go, which then at the end results in what today is done by code. The other approach I see is to say we go way more for automation. So if you know uh, what this um, piece of software you're creating needs um, to be executed successfully, if you can describe the, the resources required, the compute, the storage resources, all the other um, configuration aspects on whatever, how many instances can run in parallel and cost aspects, et cetera. Um, then at the end, that configuration can be what at the end um, controls the environment. And I strongly believe that this is at the end anyway a better approach. So I'm a big believer in configuration over coding. Right. And if I think back to the EIC, the um, European Identity and Cloud Conference in Munich earlier this year in September, you, your keynote was covering one of these uh, concepts in details of really talking about policies as the basis for the automation and then the creation of code and in the, um, in the concept of what you called basis. So business driven, agile security, secure IT as a service to make sure that um, you get to such an approach as you've mentioned. So not coding everything um, piece by piece and um, rather than really making sure that you have a proper set of definitions, a proper set of rules, also reflecting your corporate requirements and your corporate policies, and then that leading to a set of configurations that then can be orchestrated across your platforms wherever they are. I think that is really um, reflected here as well. Um, yeah, and, and, and you know, it's not that I'm against coding. Um, in my past, I even have written books on Borland C++ 405. Um, 
and, and things like that. So I, I have written books. I have um, a background, uh, not a super deep background, but I have some experience and some background in coding. So, um, but 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 I I think the challenge at the end of the day is really that there are two two aspects. So one is uh, the coding sort of the inherent coding challenges, as I've mentioned. So uh, create code, um, keep codes. So manage the updates, the changes in code, and all that stuff, which clearly can be handled, but which is not an easy thing to do. And the, at the end, the risk that there is something wrong in the code. Um, that is that is the one part. The other part, as I've mentioned also earlier, is it requires very different skills. So coding is a different skill than infrastructure knowledge, than security knowledge, clearly. And that's also described in this basis concept. We need to de-silo things. We need to bring people closer together to work together. Um, and But is it necessary that then really, at the end, we, we try to describe things uh, basically via code? I, I dare to say it, it's it's not the right direction. We we still even while we need to bring the people together closer and to work together and to 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 cooperate, um, it's not coding which which should make this happen. So, but it, it's really more how do we enable that we can deliver solutions on time in an efficient manner, deploy them, run them, operate them in an efficient manner. And this is, uh, I think, where, where we should put our our, our emphasis on. And, and yes, there are areas where you could argue um, this works quite well. So if you're a provider of a SaaS solution, of a uh, solution where you say, okay, this is a single tenant solution, but I want to automate deployment for, for dozens or hundreds of, of, of um, tenants, then you can easily build a team where you say, hey, there are the specialists from the software side and from the infrastructure and the security side, because they day by day by day work in that team. But then it's a, it's it's somewhat a different thing than when you're creating a lot of applications in your own IT, uh, where you will not have these teams in the same manner as when you're a provider. So for a provider, that can be a different thing. For the ones who are not the providers, I see it really a little bit uh, skeptical. Right, and we've seen that in, in presentations and earlier KC Live events where there were approaches described that had a kind of a self-service approach towards the provision of infrastructure for uh, internal teams providing software for end-user customers for the organization. They were always capable of adding their parameters there, um, but but very limited. What the size of the machine and the and the area where they should be deployed and how many instances could run in parallel, but that's it. And that would really immediately lead to a configuration, which is code um, with added parameters, which make sure that the um, actual um, infrastructure is rolled out where it needs to be. And then they um, deploy their code in this infrastructure. So um, this, this self-service approach goes hand in hand with this policy plus automation approach because in these policies in this in this front end that allows for this um, self-services there would be the, the basic rules already embedded in there uh, plus the added uh, parameters for the individual solution plus the deployed code and that would lead to a a, a policy-based automated deployment of these infrastructures which could be, could be easily changed afterwards as well is this something that you could agree yes yes and i think also abstraction is easier 
at that level because when you look at a Google Cloud Platform versus an AWS versus an Azure, the code looks very different for each of these platforms. Yes, you have the platforms that sit on top again. Um, so there, there are things which, which try to standardize that. But if, if you standardize that, why, why necessarily doing it um, via code? I think this is, this is the point where we really need, uh, need to think about. And um, at the end, one of the targets also should be that these things run everywhere. And I think there's also a good reason why um, concepts like Keem, so the cloud infrastructure and tile management, or DREAM, our, our computer call analyst concept of uh, digital resource access and entitlement management are gaining so much traction because what happened at the end of the day is that um, organizations already has have lost control about their um, dynamic, uh, the environments where they run their dynamic workloads, be the public uh, infrastructure as a service environment and, and PaaS and SaaS environment uh, as AWS, Google Cloud Platform or, or, or Microsoft or be it something they run in their private clouds. They, they already are losing control. And that I think also sheds a light on uh, that uh, at least the way we did um, things as a code uh, over the last uh, couple of months, one, two, three years or so, um, have their, their major issues when it comes to security, when it comes to control, when it comes to governance. And um, so I think also from that perspective, there's a logic in saying, let's think about how can we do things better and avoid some of the inherent challenges. So if I understand you correctly, then it is not an option to move towards policy-based automation, but it's a necessity because um, many organizations already are in a situation where they at least could improve their control. Um, I, I, I would not always dare to say they have lost control already, but nevertheless, it's, it's not an option. They need to, to change the way they are doing things. Maybe as a final thought for this episode, what would be a good first step to move towards such a policy-based automated deployment of complex dynamic infrastructure? What would be your suggestion if somebody listens to this and that, yeah, they're right, I want to, to, I want to embark on that journey? Yeah, so, so I think um, the, the point to look at is um, today, especially for these environments, it is looking at DREAM, at Keem, at the solutions emerging in this space, which help to handle access of services to resources and to get a grip on that, to automate that, to get a better control about that, because this is uh, one of these areas where it's really essential that we get better to avoid that our cloud security gets totally out of control. That also includes in the cloud security posture management approach. So, so really understanding what do you have as assets in the cloud, because at the end, you only can automate, you can create policies when you know what you have, what you have in assets, et cetera. So this, and these are all emerging technologies where, where something is there, where we clearly see still a lot of evolution, but that is where I would start looking at. Great, thank you. I think that topic and this group of topics, because this is really an, an area at different abstraction layers where we have to look at this, that, that set of topics will stay for, with us for the next, say, years. Um, and I think we can, everybody can get better in, in, um, 
in dealing with these challenges because the challenges will grow, uh, multi-cloud, multi-hybrid. And um, as business gets more digital, any issue that ra that happens in IT is a business issue. Um, so thank you very much, Martin, for joining me today. Um, I would highly... I would highly recommend uh, re-listening to your opening keynote for the EIC. I will link it um, in this video and I will also put it uh, into the show notes. So please um, follow up with that because this is a great, very concise, compact uh, introduction into that uh, set of topics. Thank you again, Martin, and looking forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Pleasure.